0: I'm spagging, tell me this is gonna get fucking tasty, baby. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese, but it goes, It's Zapples.
1: I
2: have a dream. Ani cut. Bardler
1: and. The fell in the green and was short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back
2: in their cells. <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the go, blood.
1: He has the go,
2: blood.
3: Get out! Get out, Mandulay! That. Irie!
2: Ah! done
0: it.
3: Let me add a little bit of. To that You A fucking spice My grandmother had wheels She would have been a
2: bike I think I'm a special
3: one I'm the normal one I never knew stuck were that good
1: Hello Welcome to your man's favourite football podcast The Only Fans football podcast The first edition of the podcast in 2023 Here we are On the bank holiday Monday 2nd of January Jesus Christ The year's flying in already How are you my friend? How is it? 2023. How did that happen? I know, it's mad. I think it's a social construct, to be honest. A bit like Valentine's Day and Christmas, but... Um, <laughs> Every spoof in the world comes out. <laughs> it comes, it comes out with that line at some
0: stage. Well, I think it's a, a social construct. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just down back it up and all.
1: Do you know what's annoying me about this New Year's, though? Like it, New Year's Day <laughs> fell on a Sunday, and then there's obviously the banker today. Like, it just feels like it's a stop start. Just, you know, New Year, straight into it. David Goggins to just go after it, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, it's going to be an awful two months. Not for myself, anyway, yeah. honestly. <laughs> um, and it's not for no reason either. I know why it's going to be, but I'll keep it to myself because I don't want the misery to unfold in the podcast. <laughs> Speaking of misery, <laughs> corona, um how was your Christmas? <laughs> it was shy. <shame. laughs> um Actually, the best part about it was the return of the football, mm. which we seen on the 26th of December. And to be honest with you, I've always liked Stephen's Day more than I have the Christmas itself. I don't like Christmas at all. Yeah. Um, my favourite part of Christmas, and I retweet this tweet every year because it's something that I stick by. My favourite part of Christmas is when everyone eats their dinner, goes into a field coma and shuts the fuck up. Mm. And that, that's something I live by because mm. it's just... Every year I look forward to that time right. because it's just a bit of peace and quiet. I'm not all a part. Of, I'm not a part of this train where it's like, oh, happy, clappy, let's be happy at Christmas. Mm. Yeah, no, it's the real world.
1: So when I said social
0: construct, that's
1: exactly what
0: I meant. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. there you go. So, what are you disagreeing with <laughs> me for? I'm not disagreeing, I'm just saying snoopers do. Um. <laughs> 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 snoopers gotta do what a snoopers
1: <laughs> gotta do. <laughs> um. Yeah, Kieran. my Christmas, thanks for asking. Was, uh, I was meant to <laughs> ask,
0: but, but then you interrupted me. So how was, <laughs> I, was I
1: supposed to ask? was grand, thank right, you yeah. for asking. Um, do you know what, I'm the same. I thought the Stevens mm. Day Football this year was about meandering though, i not going to lie. Yeah, it was,
0: it was sort of... um.
1: Yeah, the Spurs game was show Uneventful. Mm. Mm. The Spurs game was brutal, but they lost... Um, no, it was two 0 It was two all. They Brentford. came back from two 0
0: down, didn't they? Yeah, it wasn't a great game though. And usually, two all is a good game, but it wasn't. It wasn't.
1: It was a bit boring. And then, obviously, I think Liverpool won that night as well, didn't they? That was kind of the highlight against Villa. Um, for me and anyways, like during the day, I was. I think I was watching. Um, Everything and Wolves at one point, and I don't know why because <laughs> it was a terrible game, and I knocked it off before Wolves scored the last minute as well. So imagine my joy, imagine my Christmas spirit had I been watching Wolves score a winner late against everything in Gunsson, I wasn't. I knocked it off. Um, <laughs> As you do. And yeah, Liverpool won, or Liverpool 3, um, Aston Villa won. Stefan Bajetic with the goal to make a 3-1, which was a great goal. Um, him, His dad and Thiago's dad both played at Real Betis or some some unknown Spanish club. And it was a nice little moment when he scored. You could see Thiago was on sideline going oh nah, like like a proud dad he was. Um, and yeah, then Liverpool announced that evening, which was this is the highlight of Christmas for me, the signing of Dutch. I'm gonna call him Wunderkind as they say in uh, Germany. Um, Jesus, you've been doing your research anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I literally said Wunderkind in an accent, and and said it was a chairman, um, Cody Gakpo as sign for Liverpool, um, the player that all the United fans say they didn't even want, um, as soon as he signed for Liverpool, which I found hilarious. Oh, we didn't want him. Why did we want Cody Gakpo? Oh, uh, they did. Just closed the window there. A Little audible. closed the window noise. Um, and midfielder now for Liverpool <laughs> would also be very nice. I have to say, uh, I think we're struggling in that department big time. Get the forwards back. If um, Nunes could start scoring as well instead of. You know, just hitting the ball wide would be great. Yeah, he's really bad, isn't he? No, I think, I think he's, he's, in general he's good. He just can't finish tall, which is, uh, to me, tells me he's very low in confidence, which is, I suppose, fair enough for how he's been playing. But yeah, Liverpool boys, you know, we were out, weren't we? Doing a pub quiz. Was that for the other game? Friday. That was for the Leicester mm. game. Went fires <laughs> with two own goals. Um, the reincarnation
0: of Phil Jones, do you remember Yeah,
1: that? and do you know what? The first one's unfortunate. I get the first one. Um and they were they were really overanalyzing on Sky I don't know if you've seen that when he got home but it was like you can if you just pause it there you can hear Danny Ward shouting leave it and I'm like mate there's about 60,000 people in the stadium you know what I mean stop talking about these fine marriages now friends. he should have left it he do, He should have left it for the keeper but oh, I
0: think it was a bit of a betting scandal myself the fact that he kicked his foot at the ball
1: it just went over mm. Danny Ward's head there's something going on there. Like the it? second one definitely. Yeah. The second one was so suspect. <laughs> like, like Nunes Nunes does really well. Gets one on one with Ward, chips Ward, hits the post, and there was no Liverpool players rushing in either. So he could have literally just left that torn and hoofed it away. Instead, he goes, "I don't know if it, they were <laughs> kicking into me on there." <laughs> I yeah. don't uh, want to be sound like Liam, Liam, Brady here, but that a bit bet of gone go on. There. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that was two Liverpool. It was pretty uneventful after that. I think Leicester had one or two chances, but um, yeah, that that was the game that was for Liverpool over the festive period. Kieran, I know you, you have a bit of a toy raid to go on now. I'm <laughs> not going to go on Chelsea, it. but
0: well, I don't know if it will because the lads are coming on sale, but. Yeah, I mean the the first result I think was the twenty sixth. It was sort of a born two 0 win. I mean, there's nothing r- much right write home about. expect to beat Bournemouth, and I'm fairly sure an injury riddled Bournemouth as well. Like it wasn't mm. <laughs> it wasn't anything special. It was two 0 win, and then obviously um, this is why I haven't been looking forward to the return of football at all over this festive period. For this reason to happen yesterday, I knew this this sort of pattern will emerge where Chelsea would start to either draw or lose games over the next few months. And you can say it's a process or a transition or whatever. Um, it's had the coffee repeat
1: on the other. It is,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like misery to me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was really frustrated yesterday. I think yesterday was the most frustrated I've been. Drawn to Forest away. And son the the performance, the performance was fucking dreadful mm. i mean it's not even that in my opinion they weren't putting effort in because i think they were but it's it's the fact they weren't creating chances mm. and like there was no there was no forward movement whatsoever it was just static and like i think a total of zero touches in the opponent's box in the second half <laughs> says it all Something's really up, yeah it, <clears throat> it was a, a terrible terrible performance um and i think in the last 20 minutes it looked a tiny bit better when Ziyech came on. Um, I thought he was starting to cause problems, but then in the 86th minute, you have a threat on the left with Pulisic, mm. you know, and you have a threat on the right with Ziyech. But Pulisic he just ta-
1: came off. Didn't
0: he he takes off the threat on the left. Yeah. He t- he takes him off for a midfielder. Yeah. Carney make it. and he's sort of like, why wouldn't when it, things are improving and when we're starting to look a bit threatening? You know, Aubameyang had a header. Or, well, well, he, didn't want, to, he didn't want to. He didn't want to ruin his face. Yeah, <laughs> you start to look a bit threatening with the edge on the right and Pulisic on the left, and then you just take Pulisic off. It's like, why would you do that? You know, um, but yeah, I suppose give Potter time, and he will come yeah. with the goods. Um, but I, I'm not really, I'm not really too convinced at the moment. I think we both know who the better manager was.
2: Mm.
1: But the situation at Chelsea screams. Bowley looking to make a stamp on things, hmm. um, early on with Tuchel um, sacked him. Look, at, it's one of those things that in the moment, years gone by with Chelsea, Tuchel would have been sacked, um, in that situation, he would have because it's happened before, um, especially with Rome And I know there was that whole stuff going on with himself and and Russia and things like that at the time where he was, he was trying to they were trying to get rid of him out of the country. But a manager losing two cup finals. Um, and just about making top 4 Would have been sacked Under Rome oh, In years gone won. by the Champions League I know but, but Roberto Di Matteo Also uh, won the Champions League You don't game, sack but
0: a sacked. man. You don't sack a manager who won the Champions League And I was against that like by Di the way Mateo. I was against that by And the that was sooner Yeah and that, that was also The wrong decision In my you opinion know. But To be fair Di Matteo Had lost games Leading up to that Two Yeah I don't think he lost many games We never lost three in a row Did he not lose We've before, lost three in, in a row the in a before,
1: before the Champions League final Did <clears you just> he <throat> not lose a final to Leicester? A final? An FA Cup final
0: Before the Champions League final
1: Yeah And, and then, then the lost on the last day Against Aston Villa And barely made top four And then won Champions League Albeit deservedly so <laughs> um, Against the best team in the country Yeah but I, I, yeah, it, I think that's, I think that part is a bit, bit relevant In the sense that City never torn up in Europe the one year they do, there's now in the stands. Like how many times have they battled in Europe?
0: Well, they they, they definitely uh, got to the final that year, and we beat them. So yeah. No, I'm not, I'm
1: not discrediting the achievement by Chelsea, I'm just saying.
0: I just think it's ridiculous. We looked very good under Tuchel, we looked very organised, we looked like we could do teams lose. damage. We gave Liverpool a game every single game of the season. Not we gave she's City she's not a game every... every season. Yeah, but that's one or on two. That's one stray result. You've lost games this season. I well. know,
1: Carl, but, but been, that's it's not
0: just. Cloth. It's not just one stray result, though. It's one stray result. It absolutely, it's opinion. not one he, stray he's, result. He's, he's, he's a, he was a very good manager that didn't deserve to be sacked, and that's the reality. You know it as well as now, I know.
1: No, I, I I disagree. In this, in terms, I don't think he should been sacked in Chelsea. D- you that he should been sacked. But from Chelsea's standards of sacking managers, he would have been sacked long time ago if Roman wasn't in a broader situation. That's not to do with me though. But none of this has nothing to do with us though. I Kieran. know, but
0: I'm giving my opinion on things. Yeah, and I'm giving my opinion. I'm, not, on things I'm, as I'm well. not giving my opinion from the from the from the perspective of Chelsea Football Club. I'm giving my own opinion from the but perspective of a no,
1: fan. No, I'm giving the per- perspective. I know, I know that, that a Chelsea fan who would have looked at Chelsea under that time in Tuchel, years gone by, losing two finals, Kieran. A Chelsea fan. Yeah, losing two finals, buying a million, every 100 Chelsea million, fan not Kieran, two shows buying a hundred million striker. He wasn't scoring goals Losing two cup finals You were telling me If that was Ten years ago You wouldn't have said said uh, Tuchel Not at all No I completely Oh, no, And you. every Chelsea couldn't fan Wanted more. Thomas Tuchel
0: To stay Every single Chelsea fan Maybe there was that Niche crowd on Twitter The 10% of them <laughs> Football virgins, That wanted him to leave But I, I couldn't describe you more though there, 90% of the Chelsea fan base Thought it was the wrong decision To sack Tuchel I guarantee
1: you that. I I'm telling you now, right? If you I I right, let's get things straight. I don't think Tuchel should have been sacked from Chelsea. What I'm saying is, years gone by under Roman Abramovich, losing two cup finals, having a hundred million investment not firing. He Tuchel been sacked, Karen. That's that's the the bare bones of it, irrespective of if a Chelsea fan wanted it. Tuchel would have been sacked much earlier. He got longer at Chelsea than what he probably should have. I think under he the had six
0: games into the season. He maybe lost two of them. He and lost to and,
1: he, threw two, and he, two won. he won two. Last away kind of to Southampton and Leeds. Hmm? Last away to Southampton and Leeds this season. That's two games, Adam. You played off the park against Leeds. Potter lost three in a row. I'm, I'm, two, s- I'm never lost Portis, two. In a row. I'm not saying be being the job. I'm just saying compare it give, compared to the circumstance of Chelsea managers in years gone by. Two could have been sacked. That's the point I'm making. Under Roman, if it had been all Rosie Gardens the way it was before the whole situation with Russia and Ukraine came up, two could have been sacked. That's the, bare, that's the reality of it. 100 million investment not in firing, losing two cup finals, barely making top four, two could have been out the door, Kieran. he would have been sacked. Like, under under the original regime of Roman Abram, which he would have been sacked.
0: I don't think he would have been.
1: That is... What backs that up exactly?
0: Other than you like Tucal. He stood by him the whole time. Why would Yeah he, he s- hadn't
1: got a choice, Karan? He was being run out of country like <laughs> <laughs> he was literally being thrown out of country. I think it's a He
0: it's wasn't it's
1: gonna sack
0: Tuchel then. I think it regardless, it's absolutely ludicrous that he was sacked. Yeah, and I, that's, I my, that's my that's no, my point. I, I agree with you. I do. Agree and I don't years. give a fuck about round of ravage. I don't. I couldn't give a fuck about hierarchies. I think it was an absolute ridiculous I, decision I to tra- sack a manager with the win percentage he had. I agree. One with you. of the best the club I, has, I has ever had. I agree. And winning the Champions League, and winning the Club World Cup, I and the Super Cup. I absolutely, cup absolutely in agree in that you. same season and sacking him. I absolutely is agree an you. Absolute one of the most horrendous decisions. Wholeheartedly of agree all time, and even. I would, say, I, I would go as far as to say it was 10 times worse than the Di Matteo one. I, because Di Matteo had not done anything in his career before that. Tuchel, we know, is one of I, the best managers I in the world. I
1: absolutely agree with you, Ray, but I just think you're looking at it from a very rose-tinted glass as <laughs> a like, right. I know you're to wind me up I'm not trying to wind you up. I'm being deadly serious. You're saying here that Tuchel, before he won the Champions League final, was great. It wasn't. He lost an epic cup final against Leicester and he barely made top four. That's the reality of his situation. Went on to win Champions League, fucking brilliant, great, unreal. <laughs> but then he goes and loses two finals, has a hundred million investment. That's the most ridiculous point ever. It's not.
0: Carl. It is absolutely. He f- lost
1: f- the FA Cup final to Leicester. It's th- and it's- he, he barely made top four, but he, he made top four. So are they facts? Are they, are them two things factual? <laughs> are they? Yeah. And are then you factual? say
0: you put you, you sprinkle in are the little factual? thing of oh he happened to win the Champions. Are League. they
1: factual? Yeah. Is everything I've said fact up to now? Is it yes or no? I, yes or no? I think it is,
0: but I think yeah, there you go. I think you're being very vague about the, the simple point that he won the
1: Champions League. It's no, quite a big thing. It, that it's he a did massive thing. It. Watch what we say. Oh, he won Champions League. He did. You've said it so many you're times. You're understating it, though. I'm not understating it. Um, but getting back to the to the point that we originally made, it was Todd Bowley trying hmm. to make a statement. That's what it was essentially by sacking Tuchel. The only, I, the only I think thing is
0: complete stupidity. There's no statement from that. Yeah, but you're hardly he- It's just you're you're hardly surprised it. turning the fans on the ownership from the start. But you're, ha- you're hardly surprised,
1: you Curran, from I a, a am a surprised. Man, ma- Come on, a man who has no idea what football is about, who has no footballing background, who's bought a club because it was being sold. That's essentially why he bought it. There was no rumor of Boly coming over Chelsea in years before that, other than t- Rome was being talked to. You, t- you can't be surprised of the actions of a man. um who just has no kind of almost any kind of sufficient information or knowledge of the game? He's hardly going to keep someone that he thinks isn't good for a job. Like he got rid of all the board members. He got rid of fucking everybody. Like, and he you, you, you can't expect him just to keep Tuchel. That's that's the point I'm making. What changes? How do you change the situation, Chelsea? Now
0: you bring Tuchel back. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I just I don't know.
0: I think. If if you're really committed, and if you want to prove fans wrong in the sac- in the statement of sack and Tuchel, you don't go ahead and sack Par. For a start, you need to stick by him for the next few seasons. If, if are you, you content if, with that though? If he's really, am I content mm. with it? If it heeds results in the long term, yes, mm. because I've always I've always believed in sticking by a manager, and I know we've gotten broiled in a debate about two show there for the last ten minutes, but.
1: It was enjoyable though. It was enjoyable. I love shit like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, from my perspective anyway, I feel it's always right to keep and stick by a manager. And I've said it since I started supporting Chelsea. I'd rather we stayed by a manager than sack them. Mm. And I've said it with every single manager we've had so far. I, mm. I never want to see a manager sacked. Especially t- t- what, a year or two in, mm. like it has been. I don't like the second culture. So if, that, if they're actually committed to that change mm. and making the change of getting rid of the second culture, then fine, stick by par. Mm. But I don't want to see in the next two or three games if we start losing back to back to back. Mm. I don't want to see after all the fans come out and slay Chelsea for losing and the pressure is on par. I don't want to see the ownership come out and say, oh, he's sacked because of bad results. I, I would argue I them. would hate that. I would argue That's them. just... That is caving your own logic in completely I, if you I, were to sack a manager like Tuchel who is a short term manager who heeds results in the short term and you bring in a long term project manager and sack him after what 10 mm. games that is complete hypocrisy I would
1: argue now that, that the sacking culture is what's won Chelsea the Trophy said won and I don't mean that in a harsh way I yeah mean. but
0: the culture needs to change and that's what they're trying to do and that's the statement they made but if it's if it's
1: if something's working in this, in terms of sacking managers and winning things would you rather a couple of years of winning nothing but building a status like a, a club with stability and building a project yeah. or would you rather win trophies
0: I've always believed in building stability that's fair enough since I started supporting support Chelsea mm. so uh, I've I'll been one of the few maybe that I'll be honest right with to. you
1: and I don't think it's right to sack Potter either I think they've brought in a lot of players with him or they're bringing in a lot of players in January for him your man off, Monaco, and um, Kunku as well, I think, it's the, coming Ma-
0: in. the Molde fella as well, yeah.
1: so they are bringing in players, for a par, but, um, I would say, it's going to be court soon, <laughs> if he keeps it up, and his <laughs> next few games, are tough as well, so I, I'd be worried in that term, I don't think he should be sacked, I'd but, like to make that clear, I but if he, he is,
0: if he is, if it is Curtins for him, I, I give up, because it's an absolute, ridiculous decision, to sack Tuto, and it would be an even more, ridiculous one, to sack
1: Potter. Yeah, that's all I have to say on it, yeah. and anyways Kieran, we move on to the podcast <laughs> this week um, for anyone who listened to our sexy spits last week we hope you enjoyed. it um, and if you were expecting a real in the ears episode this week um, we can't confirm it won't be this week it will be next <laughs> um, we, we looked at the calendar and saying the FA Cup was on this weekend and I don't know if anyone remembers listening to it last year but I think we spent a good hour and a half talking about all the FA Cup games um, and that's not something I want to do I'll be totally no. serious it's no. not something I want to do again so the real in the years episode will be coming to you live next week on your podcast feed um, this week though Kiran, we are welcome two guests on two lads who we went school which I think is a bit, bit of a, a unique thing to say um, two young up and coming mixed martial artists in uh, Lewis Bourne and Paddy Moran they both support Leeds and West Ham which I think is very again unique in, in and of itself yeah. we are going to have them all we're going to chat a bit about MMA we're going to preview the West Ham and Leeds game just come on Wednesday, so hopefully this pod is out by tonight and hopefully you'll listen to it. And even if you aren't, you've had a debate with me and Kiran going at it. It's enjoyable <laughs> at least. You've had some from this podcast. But yes, less of us, Kiron. we We'll move on now to the lads. <laughs> Welcome, as you said, Lewis Bourne, Paddy Mourne, two lads we went to school with, two young up-and-coming mixed martial artists that both West Ham and Leeds. We'll get into why now in a minute. It's nothing to do with Green Street though. Run through Green Street. Um, Kiran, you were going to get us on the way.
0: Yeah, so as we know, well, as we don't know, you're both with MMA Team Rhino. I believe that's based in Fingers, lads, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah just game out there in Fingers.
0: There's a lot of people who don't know about you and your fighting background. So could you firstly give the listeners uh, a bit of a lowdown on the fighting career so far? We'll start with you, Lewis, uh, yeah. and then we'll move on to Paddy.
3: Yeah, perfect. Uh, you probably should have started out with Paddy, because Paddy's down a bit longer. Right, well, actually, Paddy, then. Like, <laughs> yeah, i I only got in. I don't make the rules. I only got rid Paddy was down in first Jeff, but well, go ahead, Paddy.
2: Yeah, so basically, I would have started training in 2016, I think it was, the first time I went to an MMA gym. And it was actually a different gym than the one I'm in mean today. It was Live and Oi down in Fisbra. If you know Crossguns, uh, Snooker Hall. yeah. Yeah, it's just literally the unit behind that. But uh, yeah, I started off there and then eventually ended up moving up to Team Rhino. So I've been on and off with it the last five years, but for most of it, I was acting the bollocks on you know then. I mean? only before the lockdown, like just before the hit, I actually said, Right, let's give it a go crack and then really devote myself to it and started like, training every day and like since then I've took off. Had my first fight then in August of twenty one. And then since then, it's just been, yeah, flared out. What made you get into it, buddy? I always had an interest in it, just like growing up, watching UFC, watching like people like Anson Silva and all on YouTube and stuff like that. And then one of my mates, Jack Kelly, was actually the one that introduced me to it. He was always mad into it as well. And he was always asking me to come down. He was boxing before it too. So I said, fuck it, that that one that I was in in Fisbury, it was only down the road from me in Cabra. That opened up. So I said, yeah, I'll get down and give him a go. And since then, really got an interest in it.
1: Yeah, Lewis, what about yourself? You you got into it then, not too long after Paddy, I assume.
3: Yeah, I think, I think it was, it was like the end of 2016, I think, when I got into it. Um, because Paddy was, was doing it, um, Liam was doing it, and my cousin Isaac was doing it as well. So I just seen them all like, competing in like, little small novice competitions. I was like, oh, steady, I'll give that a go. So I went up to the same club up, uh, up in Crossroads for one class, I don't think any of the lads showed up for that class. I think they had already moved to the next club but didn't tell me yet. So I, I, I told them that I went up to that club and, and whatever, and they told me that they, they've they already moved up to the team up in the thing. So basically, I went up there, done one class, and was hooked straight away. Like, it was just like, right. I knew there and then after that, you know, like an hour class, that that's what I wanted to do with myself. So just stuck to it. Um, and I saw, I never really stopped. Like, I, I never really... um much of a break and like myself and paddy would be the only two lads now left out like a group of five or six lads who like started together you know um i would have had my fourth fight in the 2019 so after about two or three years i got like i think i got like three fights in and then covid hit um but like even in even in those first three fights like if he made me towards fight was over in the fucking the middle east like in bahrain yeah. over the world championships for uh amateur MMA and I fought. A youngster from Kazakhstan who played and sat me on me hole in the first round. So that, that was a uh, that was a nice little wake up call. After literally, literally, I think I had me forced fight in September, and I went over to Kazakhstan in like November or something. Completely, on my depth for a. Uh, it just showed me the level like that. The sport, even at like amateur level, is um still still to this day. Hooked, like another three years, four years later.
1: Yeah, what was the like on? I was Bahrain Do you not? You don't regret it? Or you assume.
3: <laughs> no, not at all. Um, yeah, I didn't even know. Where fucking Bahrain was, to be honest like before I went over. And like since since then, I may have been there twice. Like I was there earlier on last year, and um, again. Like and I fought, I fought team Oceania, uh, younger from New Zealand, team Mexico, and uh, team Bahrain. Um, and with the Irish MMA team, he won seventy five grand there last year over in Bahrain. So, so you have to you you learn lessons from from losses like that. And just if it doesn't completely turn you off and stop you from doing a the sport they will just push you push you more on it's almost like being back in school to be honest because like it's it's like you're going through a class you're, you're doing a lesson you know you're learning something new every, every single day over there whether it's uh jiu whether it's judo whether it's wrestling whether it's striking and mma you know there's, there's something there's something for everybody there's something different every day so sorry sure it keeps on your, your feet as well you know
1: yeah paddy what's the training like what's the regime like is there obviously you have a diet and stuff in plan
2: Yeah, it's great. Like, as Lewis was saying, there's something different every day. So the way we do it in our gym is, let's say Monday night would be MMA training. So that's kind of everything combined. But then on Tuesday, you'll have just pure wrestling. On Tuesday, let's say you'll have just pure jiu-jitsu. That could be in or no gi. Um, And then Saturday, it's... Yeah, that's a funny word, isn't it? Uh, So it's full sparring with... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
1: sorry,
2: sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. And like that, as Lewis was saying, it's like being back in school where you go, you're learning something new. And, like, you're making new friends as well. Like, the lads I'm, I've made, friends out of the gym, would will be probably friends for life, do you know what I mean? Like, you are training together every day. They're travelling to these competitions overseas, as Lewis has mentioned there, or just even up to Belfast every couple of months, cornering each other, supporting each other and like that it's just go for the loaf do you know what I mean training every day like really helps for me anyway I know with like lessening the anxiety around me that like it's very beneficial
1: what's your diet like
2: so I'm basically eating I'm not really watching my calories but I'm, I'm eating clean good nutritious food like I'll have like just porridge oats for me breakfast I'm having probably eggs salmon for lunch and then the dinner it's another salmon fillet Rice, like I'm not eating shite, and it makes me feel better that way. Then, coming up to a fight, obviously, when you're cutting weight, the calories drop a small bit, the intake drops. And then, I don't know if you know about water loading or anything. Did so you ever hear about that? Yeah, I
0: have. Is that that's yeah. when you take a break off from water completely? Or you're, yeah,
2: you're... basically, the week before you're guzzling eight liters of water on, oh, let's say, you're making weight on Sunday, you're guzzling eight liters on Monday, Tuesday, then on Wednesday, I'll cut it down to four. And then eventually at the end of the week you're drinking no water and you're sitting in a sauna for hours on end, just trying to sweat all the water out of you. Just to make the weight limit. Which is obviously the worst part of it. My least favourite part of the fighting obviously you're just killing yourself.
3: I'll show you this, I'll show you this funny picture, lads just with the water cutting, right? So about February time last year the Irish Nationals were on and um it was, it was basically a three day tournament. I think we are weighing in like let's just say uh, Thursday or something at nine o'clock. Uh, about six in the morning that, that morning I was up even.
2: A bally bug in there.
3: He's
1: got to be fuming as well. He goes back and all was like, "Oh, fuck's sake What is? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, does. So, for, for anyone who's yeah. listening, Lewis kind of froze there for like 30 seconds. And when it all froze, it was just a picture of him malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Lewis, you're going to have to so- sort of say a bit of that story again because you yeah. cut out there.
3: Yeah, no, and yeah, no, I was just saying there, sorry, uh, most, for most MA comps in, in the country, usually way in the day before. And then you fight the day after. So even if you're in bits day before, you have like a full day and a half to to recover, to rehydrate, to, to fuel yourself. But for uh, this competition, it was your weigh in that day, and you fight literally an hour later. Oh God! So <laughs> I, I had I had cut all the way because I usually fought that way, but obviously I hadn't fought that close to after weighing in. So I, I remember I cut I cut like something like fifteen or sixteen pounds in like ten hours. Jesus. Then goodness. had to fight an hour after I. Uh, I, I, I weighed in but it was funny because the first day I was supposed to fight this young like, and um, I was in bits I couldn't I couldn't lift my hands up before, like just warming up I, I was hitting the pads like one or two and I was like yeah I'm done I can't, I can't do anything more like I'm bollocks and then uh, I was about to walk into the cage to fight this young on the first day and uh, the doctor had said oh no that, that fella can't fight he cut too much weight so That's I I basically just got a boy into the next round and I went up there and I was chatting to him I was like how much weight did you cut he said, uh, he said something like oh I had to cut like 3 kilos there over the last day or two, I was like, I'm not cutting like, five or six kilos, in the last ten hours,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the doctor said, that's
3: all right, the next day, the next day, I actually did have to fight, and I, I remember, during the fight, I got sick in my mouth, like three times, I didn't get sick, on the, on the fella now, but I got sick in my mouth, three times, I was banjax, but, yeah, it's it, they're, they're like, important lessons, that you, you learn, in, in the amateur age, you know, and, you, you I, I was not going forward, now, wouldn't, wouldn't be making that mistake again.
1: Yeah, I suppose looking forward, to, 2023 is there any specific goals you have for the MMA this year? Paddy, we we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, at the moment, I definitely know we're doing them nationals again. They're coming up in March. So, how it works is if you win the nationals, you kind of solidify your spot on the Ireland team for the rest of the tournaments that are happening overseas. So, once you win that, you're kind of set up to go to the Euros, the, uh, the World Championships, and the Super Cup. If they're doing it again this year, I'm not sure. But yeah, I definitely want to uh, go on the team and try to get as much experience as I can. Because like that, them tournaments, they're five-day tournaments and you, you can possibly be getting five fights. So it's invaluable experience. Hopefully do that. And then any other fights during the year, I'm going to jump on. I want to be busy this year, definitely. That's my main goal. Stay active. Lewis?
1: Um,
3: yeah, definitely. I'll definitely be doing those nationales now in March. Um, I have a fight now at the end of this month, January, so... At the moment, I'm I'm working on my diet. I'm working on my way, uh, trying as much as possible for this January and then the end of February. Another fight as well, and um, back down at sixty six. So the the fight in January seventy point three, but it's a day of playing, so it's alright. It's not it's not too, too bad. And then the the nationals in March, I probably like I've, I've I've a good few amateur fights now. Like I, I'm coming up by about March time, I'd say I would have about twenty amateur fights. Right. And um, so it's it's a fair amount. So maybe maybe later on the year I may be looking at turning pro then eventually
1: what's it like to train uh,
3: with Redzer oh yeah it's deadly like Redzer's our coach and uh, he's one of our training partners as well and he's like mm. just a uh, fountain of knowledge like you know, we we learn a lot of our stuff off him so it's sort of hard trying to get him back with the stuff yeah. that he's already taught us because he just knows what to do yeah. against you know but it's, it's great right having Redzer as a coach you know Andy as our head coach and then Neil series as well as uh, one of our MMA coaches, have you know, two lads that were already in the UFC. Yeah. So just even even seeing them in the clubs, you know, we we can see like the UFC like is is it's accessible, like you know I mean. You can get there. Like, yeah, definitely. Work, you know, and that 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 great role models for all the lads up there, you know, who who do want to do as a career, and even like our, the other lads that we train up there with as well, you know, just um, it's very it's a really good vibe up there, and everyone pushes each other, out know, to whatever goals that you have whether it's just fitness or if they have goals in the sport as well
0: Karen, you on a other question yeah first or lastly for now for anyone who's looking to get into the sport what do you take from it like the most or what's your favorite part about it is it the discipline or the the drive you get from
2: competing What what would be the biggest thing you get personally from the sport yeah a lot of things go into it but I think just in general for someone that's starting off, beginner it gives you great discipline it gives you a good structure just in your everyday life if you have like a routine like that every monday every wednesday every friday i like to be at the gym for 6 p.m it keeps you off the drink keeps the diet a bit more in check maybe and then yeah just keeps the head fresh the mind the body you feel good in yourself when you're training that's how i feel anyway yeah
3: 100 i 100% agree with paddy there. like it's great for the head it's probably the best thing you do over your head like you probably save a lot of money on counseling or therapy like if you, if you were just to take up a, a hobby like this you know and like even just this year alone, like me my ma who's 47 and my little sister who's 10 started jiu-jitsu and they're about loving it like you know um it was like mma was something i could never ever see myself doing like six months before i started and now like it's something i could never not do so uh, i think as well a lot of people do get that when they just go up and do their first one or two classes they're just hooked straight away and um, just because of how nice the people are who do it. They're not these big, puggy, bleeding arseholes who want to break you up. you know They're, they're all these friendly people who just want to learn and improve the skills. So I just I'd encourage anybody just to go, just try one class. Just one class. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But if you do, you, you probably are going to stick to it. Yeah.
0: And if you ever get in the
1: fight, then you
2: can <laughs> <That they're willing. laughs>
1: break, break someone up. <laughs> so moving on to the video segment here on the podcast this week. As we said, if you've been listening on Spotify, You will know the two lads, Lewis and Paddy, are here with us. We are going to preview the game this Wednesday, so there is a short turnaround for anyone listening. Between Leeds United and West Ham United, we have Leeds fan, blow in Paddy. (laughs) And we have West Ham. (laughs) We have West Ham till he dies, Lewis born Lads, first of all, all, it's, it's been a unique thing, I suppose. Leeds is actually quite big in Ireland. Lewis, West Ham. Why in the name of Jesus?
3: You know, it's it's, it's a weird one, it's, it's a funny one as well, like, you know, I just remember growing up and at a young age, like, I wasn't really mad at the football and, like, I had all, I had a good, all my friends' were, you know, um, and they all supported yeah, the, the big the big main teams like Chelsea, you know, Liverpool, things like that, so I just wanted to be a little bit different and I remember being, like, four or five and just watching the Renford Rejects on Nickelodeon <laughs> way back then We they all supported West Ham and I remember, so I was like, all right, West Ham just got a bit interested in that. And I just started catching a few games and telling and stuff. And just ever since then, I've just considered myself a West Ham supporter. Never, never changed, never never uh, faulted.
1: Yeah, I remember when we were in school, because me and Lewis were in primary school together as well. And Lewis would be talking about West Ham, we be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Where the fuck did you get West Ham from? Um, Paddy, I know you said before the podcast, I don't want to out you here, but you are a bit of a blow-in
2: to Leeds United. Um, oh, in
1: fact. Is this from when Leeds got promoted a couple of years ago, or what's the crack there?
2: It was yeah. To be honest, I started supporting them in under the Beels era. Now they were in the championship. It was the season that the Unwell got to the playoffs and absolutely bottled it against Frank Lampard's Derby. Yeah, which it will never get over. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of my family support leads I have family living in Leeds uh, so all my uncles are Leeds fans from the glory days they would have grown up during the good days I was never really into football mad like that when I was a kid all my mates supported Man United and I'm pretty sure I was told if you don't support Man United I'm not going to be friends with you anymore but <laughs> so then for the next 10 years even though I never watched any matches I just said to people oh yeah support Man United mm-hmm. couldn't give a fuck so then Recently, like that, 2019, I started looking at the football again. I knew my family supported Leeds, so I picked up Leeds. And yeah, now I'm a die-hard fan. A die-hard blowing till I die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll get we we'll look at the game on Wednesday, right? So since Leeds have gotten promoted back in 2020 during COVID, they haven't beaten West Ham. They've lost 2-1, 2-0, 2-1 again. Two nil again, and then actually they won one. Sorry, the they beat, they beat, they beat Yeah, I was about to say, "Fucking hell!" Yeah. Three two, three two. Jack Harrison, Patrick. Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Harrison. That was the <laughs> that was the last game they played against each other in January of twenty twenty two. So you look at Leeds this season, Paddy. They have wins over Liverpool and Chelsea. Myself and Crans teams. Thanks for that. Um, what, have you, <laughs> what have you made of Leeds this season?
2: Yeah, it's been a weird one. Like they're doing better against. The top six, then they are the bottom half of the table, like which is surprising. But I think we're making the right steps. Like I like Jesse Marsh. I think you can see what he's going for. He has a vision. Um, but I still think we're just missing key players. Like We need a number nine. Like, we've no number nine. Bamford can't stay fit. I don't think he's going to ever reach the heights of the first Premier League season where he got like, 17 goals. I think that's, that's gone now, I think. so. Yeah, Hopefully this window now we can pick up a striker. Um, left back would be good as well I think just for depth like we're playing Pascal Strike, left back mm-hmm. he's not a left back he's a centre half so I think him and Cock is the, is the centre back partnership I'd like up to Cock even... <laughs> <laughs> uh. he, not going good for me here even though <laughs> Cooper's a captain he just he just makes so many mistakes yeah mm. but I'm optimistic about this game the form West Ham's been in like I think they're there for the taking. I know we've only beat them once out of the last four, but yeah, I think this is the time to take three points out and if you can. So I'm excited yeah. for it.
1: I'm glad you brought West Ham up because West Ham lose currently 17th <laughs> on the table. Four wins, yeah, two draws, them. 11 losses <laughs> this season. Not looking good, Brev. <laughs> um, what do you put that down to? Is it just a European hangover or what's the crack?
3: Honestly, don't know what the story is. It? That's because like just last season, they 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 did perform a lot bad. You know, I think they finished like ninth or tenth. Though, actually, mm. maybe a bit bad. Not to be honest, maybe 7th or eight. I think they finished mm. last season. I think
1: it was. Eight, yeah, they yeah. done
3: well. They do, they done well um in the beginning of this season, especially in the Europa Conference League. I think they they finished with like a record and out the goals in, in their group. And um, but in the league, they're just being fucking atrocious, like And mm. um, they they lost against Brentford, what two nil there last week and mm. um, actually I'm going over this week to, to London. and um, I'm gonna miss that Leeds game, but I might be able to catch the, the FA Cup game with Brentford again, so mm. I might try and get over that. But no, the, the form's been really bad. I think it's they're not playing the right players together. You know, Ben Ram mm. is usually on the bench. I, I feel like Ben Ram is uh, one of the better better West Ham players that they could have played in most games. Skamak is very good as well. and he's been a good sign in this season. But again, they're just like they're not playing the the right combination of players together. And Tony Ali, like, last season was playing brilliantly. This season, just completely not there at all.
1: Yeah, and I know Declan Rice is a bit of a traitor to Ireland. But how good has he been for West Ham? Sorry, was it? Like, how good has he been for West Ham? Because he's one of the most sought-after midfielders in the league.
3: So, yeah, yeah.
1: we're just without I think, him. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I don't really want to imagine that now, as he to be honest. Mm. Uh, he's one of the one of the, the pillars in the team as well, Do you know. And <clears> I think <throat> like. They'd have to find some, some sort of replacement for him as soon as possible because, yeah, I don't think he's going to be staying with West Ham for, for much longer now maybe another season, I think.
1: Yeah, so I suppose the question I have for Bowies is, you know, what can West Ham do? What can Leeds do, you know, to, to move themselves up the table? Because I think the two clubs there, especially West Ham, considering how well they were last season, you No, know, what what's the problem? Like, what, what can they do to get up the table?
3: No, it's like like I said there. The biggest problem is that they're, they're not playing the the right combination of players together. Like they need to be playing like the likes of they need to be starting the likes of Skimacchi, Benrami, Bowen, Antonio all together. You know, like mm. even last season Jared Bowen was playing brilliantly. Um, oh, yeah. just that they're, they're completely turned off. I don't know what the story is with them. Um, whether it's they're just not they're just not gelling together now with a little, little bit of new players in the team. Um, as well, Luke, Lucas Piquepe is another good player. I just don't think they're playing the right combination of people um, on, the, on the team at once, so that's something Miles nice has to figure out himself where uh, it's, not, it's not working at the moment for them in the league.
1: What about you, Paddy? Are you full-on Jesse Jesse? Mar- uh, I can't even speak. Jesse, Jesse Marsh. It's that S-, yes. S and C combo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, can you fully back Jesse or what's the crack?
2: Yeah, no, I think, I think Jesse's, Jesse's not the problem. I think we need to be just a bit more busier in the, in the transfer market. If the ball backs him, Like, I think Bielsa had the same problem. I think Bielsa wanted to bring players in, he just wasn't getting the backing from the board. So, yeah, I think we need a few more players in key positions. And we're still like playing lads that come up with us in the championship who shouldn't be in a Premier League starting 11. Like, I know it's kind of like, um, what's the word? It's sympathetic. Like, we obviously we love the players that brought us back up, but there comes a time we have to just say, right, what's best for the club? Cut out the dead wood, like, Matthias Click the likes of even like that Cooper mm. there's a lot of players that just aren't up for it so yeah a bit, bit busy in the transfer window a few fresh faces in like we're getting the foundations of what we need now Tyler Adams in that midfield with Mark Rocket. I think they're good two players who we can kind of build around we've young Willie Nanto little Willie I love a little Willie uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cock
2: and Willie and <laughs> <Shrugged.
3: Cock>
1: and <laughs> Willie you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, we can hold on to them lads and build the rest. I think I think we're on the right the right path.
1: We got a prediction off his lads and anyway. So Lewis, we start with you because I think you're a bit more. Without, I want to say negative of this situation. <laughs> what was your prediction <laughs> for this game?
3: Yeah, I always just saying that their their results just are not consistent at all. But I think they're gonna win um on Wednesday. I think they're gonna win two one on Wednesday.
1: Point words. I love a party. The Amis.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, like, you see a lot of teams are on horrible losing streaks, and then they come to Ellen Road and Leeds just give them a win. Like. <laughs> but I'm hoping it doesn't happen on Wednesday. Now I think they'll, they'll scrape a win. I can see it being, I can see it 1-0. Yeah, on. 1-0 Leeds. Got a one 0 Yeah, one nil Leeds. Who
0: got prediction? A prediction for this game? 4 nil or draw. <laughs> two, two awful teams. Spoken like a true, <laughs>
1: spoken like a true general. A true big what? I, I think, I think Leeds have been good this season. I think they've been doing all right, to be honest, considering the circumstances. Like the Is coming in, like Somerville and all, and even Big Willie Nanto. You know, he's a very good well, player. I
0: believe Somerville's out for this game. Is he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To
1: Thanks for ruining me point. Sorry. <laughs> um, and no, I think Leeds have been alright. Like even the game against Newcastle the other day, pure shit house to draw. Newcastle have been great this season. Um, they don't do that. I, I, I think it's gonna be tough, West Ham. And I I I, I live closer to Lewis, so if I say that West Ham lose, Lewis is probably gonna box me right there. <laughs> I, I, fancy, I fancy Leeds here to you know two or three nil. Sorry, Lewis.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks a million lads for coming on, and least we do appreciate. Come on, we are trying to get more guests on Kiron in yeah. the New Year's, we said. So we're going to it's take resolution. We're going to take any clout we could get. So thanks to the lads, we really do appreciate it.
0: So that was it. That was our interview with Lewis and Paddy, all wrapped up.
1: Team Rhino, team, team Rhino. Um, great to have Martin Fairhurst, and I think that's one thing we have a bit of a internal New Year's resolution, which which involves. Um, Doing more interviews and things like this, I think it's good for getting out of comfort zone as well, Colonel. So we don't want to keep this too long, but we do want to shout out to say rest in peace, to Pele, Karl. Yeah, rest a in really peace. a really sad thing happened over Christmas. Of course, we lost the legend that is Pele. Um, I wouldn't have had much knowledge of Karl. I'm, I'm sure you'd be of the same ilk. Yeah. But for anyone that like came before, so the likes of my dad and my granddad, they always told me a bit like Jurgen Klopp was saying on Sky Night actually. Um, Pele will always be the best football ever, and I think it's one of them things where people our age, like we're gonna say, Messi, or Ronaldo. Anything you see the likes of Messi, Ronaldo do and have done throughout their career, most likely Pele done before them. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't really tell you what how influential Pele was because mm. I'm only twenty two years old and he played about 60 years ago. But from what I've heard, anyway. He's had over a thousand goals, mm. and I think anyone who's had over a thousand goals is an unbelievable footballer. So yeah. no, <laughs> that's absolutely. all I have to say. I'm wearing a Brazil shirt here and out, mm. um, and yeah, rest in peace to another football legend gone, Maradona, no Pele. Mm. Sad.
1: It is. It is, and like I'm, I'm one of them that I actually and here's the thing about football when you're ranking players it's very it's very like inconsequential in the sense that like if if I think one player is better than the other it means very little do you know what I mean and I think Pelé touch t- with that Pelé trumps most of them you know what I mean I think Pelé just gets above most of them and look we, we said it in our World Cup um, review about Messi Messi's the best we've ever seen and we'll tell people that but like life in general things come things go and um. Yeah, really sad that that Pele passed away, but but a, a great legacy he leaves behind them. Three World Cups, Curl. Yeah, and Just he unbelievable. He got to player. see
0: Messi win the World Cup. I think before he passed. Which yeah, it was a special moment.
1: Mm, absolutely. So. But yeah, rest in peace. We do hope to get this new year underway with a bang. Get as many people on, curl, don't we? And we do appreciate everyone listening. It's gonna be a big year for the Only Fans Football Podcast. We will tell you that much. And yeah, we'll leave it there so.
0: We'll leave it there so. Have a happy new year.